0: and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma, and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Happy 2021, everybody! (laughs) Hopefully this is the first episode of this year. I'm actually recording this episode before my In a Holidays episode, which was my special Christmas episode. The reason for that is that I actually read this book beforehand as a book in between... uh, did I read before that? A deadly education in, in the holidays as I was waiting for in the holidays to arrive. And so I'm recording this episode first because I read it beforehand. So, you know, you, you just got to do what you got to do, right? Anyways, uh, because that was a romance and this is a romance, I'm not sure about the exact order in which this episode is going to go up on. But regardless, happy 2021. I hope you made a great New Year's resolution that you may or may not stick to. And uh, here's hoping that This year is at least slightly better than last year. I feel like that's not a lot to ask for, but don't know if you can hear it, but I just knocked on my wood dresser. Now, let's see. Today, I'm going to be talking about Well Met by Jen DeLuca, which is a romance novel set at a Renaissance Fair, which was super fun, or which is super fun, and is an enemies to lovers sort of thing, which is something I'm going to talk about later. With this being my first 2021 episode there's also another first this is the first episode where I'm talking about a book that I've actually read before every other episode before this I've talked about books that it was my first time around reading so it was my very first thoughts and stuff like that I actually read Well Met for the first time last January so January 2020 sometime in the middle of that month I think and so I decided I decided I was going to read it again because I got the next book in the series well played. I think it's called Well Played is the next one, which I, I haven't read it yet, but I'm hoping to read it in the next, yeah, it's well played. I'm hoping to read it in the next couple weeks. And I just wanted to refresh my memory with the characters and the setting and the plot and all that good stuff. Mostly because if you listen to my a deadly education episode, you know that I really need to reread things to kind of really soak it in and remember and prep myself. So that was one of the reasons why I reread this book. So maybe that means I'm going to be more insightful or do a better job at explaining the plot. Or maybe it means I will be worse at it because I've read it twice now. I don't know. But whatever. This is where we are and this is what is going to happen. I'm also excited because I'm almost done using the headset microphone I use because for Christmas I am getting, well I guess at this point I would have gotten like legit microphone and so I can't wait for that because there's been many a time where the audio quality was horrible and uh, I had to record again or you unfortunately had to listen to that so without further ado oh let's get into the plot summary and there will be spoilers if you don't want Well Met by Jen DeLuca to be spoiled for you then please stop here go read the book I definitely would recommend it it was very cute and then come back and listen to my podcast. So let's get into it. Well, Mitt takes place in a small town in Maryland. And every year for the past 10 years, they've put on this renaissance fair that is a fundraiser for, I don't really remember if it's the school or the local charities or something like that, but that's what is going on. The two main characters are Emily and Simon. So Emily has recently moved in with her older sister, April, who has a teenage daughter named Caitlin. April's older than her by maybe like 12 years or something like that and got into a car accident and broke her leg and can't drive and just needs a lot of help. And Emily had recently been dumped by her long-term boyfriend. And so she really felt like... So basically what happened was Emily met this guy in college and the two of them started dating and he was a year or two older and he was going to go to law school. So she agreed to drop out of college and support him as he went through law school. And then after he graduated law school, he was supposed to support her as she went back to school. But instead, he dumped her because he couldn't be seen with somebody without a college education. So, yeah, so she's really licking her wounds and she's kind of trying to figure her life out as she takes care of her older sister and her sister's daughter. So, The book opens up with Caitlin wanting to be a part of the Renaissance Fair and Emily's job is kind of a chauffeur, right? To drive Caitlin wherever because she's only 14 or 15, I can't remember. And so she brings her to the Renaissance Fair tryouts or whatever. And it turns out if you're under 16, you need to have an adult supervisor or an adult volunteer with you. April obviously can't do it because she is injured, and also she's not a joiner. She's lived in this small town for like 14 years or whatever. But she has no friends there. She doesn't really like anybody. She hates the small town gossip, stuff like that. So Emily says, okay, why not? I will volunteer. She's convinced to volunteer by Mitch and Stacy, who are two of our fun secondary characters. They're a lot of fun, love them a lot. The second book is actually about Stacy, so that's super exciting. So Stacy convinces her to be. Well, actually, no, that doesn't happen yet. So Stacy convinces her to join by just kind of being fun and whatever. And then they see Mitch, who is one of the gym teachers or the coach or something and he's pretty hot you know he's a big buff dude and at the renaissance fair they're like very particular at this fair to be in period and talk in accents and dress completely correctly and they study the history and all this stuff and mitch pretends to be a scottish dude in a kilt and emily's all about that so she's like okay fine april gives her a sheet to fill out and emily brings it up to the front where she sees this dude who's dressed very um well you know he's got his button-up shirt tucked into his khakis and they're pressed and whatever and she brings the sheet to him and he's like you said you filled this out wrong this is simon who ends up being the love and trust basically excuse me he uh, gets all on her for not filling it out correctly and she's like what is wrong with this man and Nick's st- names him the Renfair killjoy then the next about 100 pages of the book is them kind of getting ready for fair and practicing. And then at the first rehearsal or the first meeting or whatever, they all have to pick fair names because they don't go by their real names there. And most people pick something like not at all similar to their own name. So Simon turns out he's actually a pirate at the fair, which is like a fun part of the plot. And his name is captain Ian Blackthorn. Stacy's name is Beatrice. Mitch is uh, Mick Malone or something Malone or something. I don't remember. And Emily decides to pick Emma because she just didn't think about it, looked at the list, and it was a period-appropriate name. Simon gets really mad at her for doing that, and they kind of argue about it. But she said, this is a period-specific name, or it's appropriate, and it'll be easy to remember. So they kind of rub heads. No. You know, they kind of fight <laughs> throughout the, during the whole rehearsal phase because Simon thinks she's not taking it seriously enough and um emily's just there to have fun and just so that her niece can do it like she doesn't really get what his issue is then so you know that's all going on and then you also have emily is taking her sister to physical therapy and stuff and so one day she stops into a local bookstore and it turns out that chris or christine who is the queen she plays queen elizabeth every year at the fair is the owner of the bookstore And Emily kind of gives her some ideas of how to make the bookstore better by adding, like, a coffee and dessert bar and moving things around. And Chris ends up hiring her part-time to work at the bookstore, which Emily really ends up enjoying a lot. Um, She has an interaction with Simon there where she ends up, they argue about Shakespeare, about whether or not Shakespeare wrote Shakespeare. It's kind of playful, but then um, Emily ends up divulging that she dropped out of college and she used to be an English major and she thinks that Simon is judging her because of that. Then we move further into the beginning of the summer, and they're doing dress rehearsals, and they are going to the fairgrounds, which is in this forest preserve area, and while they're there, Emily sees Simon kind of go off on his own, and she ends up over there, and they have this kind of weird conversation because he doesn't want Emily to like go down where he was, and she ends up finding a memorial for his older brother, so it turns out his older brother had started fair and is like a legend and everybody talks about him and Emily just thinks that he's moved away, but it turns out he's actually died from cancer. I think about three years previous. And since then Simon's been in charge of the fair. And this is kind of when Emily starts to understand Simon and who he is and why he's so serious about everything is that he's keeping up the legacy of his brother. So then fair starts and when it starts the first day. So did I say this? Emily and Stacey are both tavern wenches, so basically they're dressed up like that and they technically work in the bar or the tavern, but they're supposed to be able to wander around and interact with people, not necessarily just be servers or anything like that. So the first date doesn't happen like that at all. They have one person to help them and they're slammed the entire time, but at one point Emily is able to get away because her niece Caitlin shows up and says that she's needed Uh, At the jousting field or something and emily's like what the heck is this about so she follows caitlin all the way to the field And while they're there, it turns out she's there to help with the hand fasting so the hand fasting is something they do for the patrons where You and your partner Hold hands and they tie a golden rope or golden cord around your hands to kind of bind you for a year and a day Basically, it's just kind of like you say vows and it's kind of just a reaffirmation of your love for somebody, right? typically only the patrons do this but there's only two couples who want to do it so it looks kind of awkward so they're getting like characters from the fair to help out so Emily's like oh maybe I'll get to do it with Mitch because at this point she's thinking you know maybe if I hook up with Mitch that would be fun for like one time during the summer but on that first day also she sees Simon in his pirate costume and she's like wow this man is so sexy like oh my god because he looks really hot as a pirate he doesn't look anything like the Simon that she knows And it turns out she's being hand fasted to him. And when they're holding hands, she like says this whole thing, like, I felt peace and comfort for the first time, like whatever. And it's like very romantic, like, like, "Ooh, this is like, you finally feel that spark between them. And it's not just them kind of butting heads and whatever. And then at the end of the day, so at the end of each day, they have this thing called pub sing, where I don't know, they like. Emily never goes to it, so you don't, I don't really know what it's like, but you know, they like sing and say farewell to all the patrons, but her and Stacy aren't able to show up because they're so busy and they're trying to clean up. And Simon just like comes in and is yelling at them like, why the heck weren't you there? Blah, blah, blah. And Emily's like, how in the world were we supposed to be there when there's nobody to help us? Stuff like that. And this is when they realized that last year there was four wenches and two or three helpers, which is why there is an issue with them not being understaffed and whatever so then you go into the next week Emily's working at the bookstore more she's talking with Chris about being understaffed and her and Simon arguing and whatever and then we go into the next weekend this weekend Simon whenever they're there Emily like goes to see him in his chess match match because him and Mitch do this chess match thing which is kind of like what it sounds like it's human chess but then they also fight there's fight scenes every time like a piece is supposed to take another piece or whatever so the two of them it and are the two main people in it so she goes to see him and simon's being super flirty as the captain being like emma my love like whatever like visiting her at the tavern and pretending to be like in love with him and then she's like also getting into character and of course real feelings are developing and that when she shows up that second weekend there's a bunch of helpers that like new volunteers to help them out so her and Stacey are able to do other things Emily thinks that Chris has sent them, but it turns out Simon was the one that actually sent them and on their way out to pub sing that day, um, like a tapestry or something falls on Emily's head. So she's trying to put it back up and Simon shows up and yells at her again. And Emily's just like, why do you hate me? She like kind of breaks down and then he ends up kissing her. So, you know, there's some talking between that, but who cares about that? So then they kiss, but then Stacy comes back or Mitch or Caitlin, somebody shows up, right? And so they stop and she's like wondering whether or not that was real or if that was fake. Like, was that their characters or was that actually them? And they kind of go on with flirting. And then the third weekend, Mitch starts flirting with her and Simon gets really mad and like whatever. And Emily doesn't know what the problem is. And she's invited to go out that weekend to like they all go to this bar on Sunday nights because fair is on Saturday and Sunday. And on her way home, her sister April has like ordered Chinese food. So they pick it up the reason I mention it is because she opens up her fortune cookie and it says, ask the right question. So she ends up talking to April and asking the right questions to her about like, why aren't they, why have they never been close? How did April figure out her life? Stuff like that. And they have a sister bonding moment, which is really nice. I did end up really liking April's character kind of as a sister and whatnot. And then Emily decides that, you know what? I think I actually like Simon. Like, I'm going to go to the bar and see if he's there. He's not there, but Mitch is there. So she talks to Mitch and is just like, we're not a thing. Are we like, I don't like whatever. And Mitch is like, oh, well, no. And Emily's like, okay, good. Because I'm into Simon and Mitch is like, yeah, Simon's into you. And he ends up sending her to Simon's house, giving her the address or whatever. So she shows up there and she gets a bottle of Captain Morgan's because, you know, he's a pirate captain and she's like knocking on the door and she's so nervous. because he doesn't answer at first. And, uh, um, He answers the door and she's like, this is for you, whatever. And he's like, you know, I'm not actually a pirate, right? Which is just so funny. And she's like, yeah. So she ends up going in and they're talking at first. And um, they like have some misunderstandings, but eventually they both get out that like, you know, this, like, I actually have real feelings for you, whatever. And she ends up staying the night, if you know what I mean. And before anything happens... Simon is like this isn't a one night thing like this means something to me and she agrees and then after that they are dating so Then um, you know He kind of says like I don't think you've ever been wooed before some other stuff happens And so he's like i'm gonna woo you because they have some conversations about emily's ex-boyfriend About kind of how he treated her and all this different things And so simon's trying to like show that he's a different guy and whatever and so Then at fair, the fourth weekend, because there's six weekends of fair, the fourth weekend, um, he sends people to give her roses every single day and, like, makes her feel really special and all of that, and it's really cute. And then the next week, she's talking to Chris, and Chris is talking about them hiring somebody else, and she thinks that means that Chris is going to fire her because Emily has only said to people that she's there through fair, right? She hasn't been like, I want to stay. She's just her sister's finally better now. She can drive and stuff like that. So she's kind of worried about it. But turns out that Chris is hiring somebody else because her mom had a stroke. And so she has to go down to Florida for six months to stay with her or whatever. And she is training Emily to take over to be the manager. So Emily is like, ecstatic because she's like I can stay I can have my relationship with Simon I feel a part of this place I have my friends and Stacy and Mitch blah 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 And so she's just super excited about it and she's leaving the store Simon picks her up and they're supposed to go on a date It's Friday night and she's telling Simon like that She's that Chris is giving her a full-time job and whatever and Simon fixates on the fact that Chris is leaving because Chris Is really the only other person that helps Simon with fair and I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but the reason why Simon is so strict is he doesn't want anything to change because he feels like then his brother would be gone. He's trying to preserve his brother's memory. And then so they Emily gets really mad at Simon because she's like, the only thing you're hearing is that Chris is leaving. You don't care that I'm staying. And they kind of argue about it. And then Emily's like, "You can't treat me like this rightfully so, because he's really just focused on fair. She's like, everything with you is about fair. And he makes a comment about like the pirate going away after the end of these six weeks. And that's the only person you really like, is it? And then as she leaves, he calls after Emma, not Emily. If you remember, Emma is her fair name. And this is when it's just like over for her. So she goes home. She's totally in tears, heartbroken. And she's like also afraid because all of her friends were his friends first, Stacy and Mitch. So she's afraid that her friends aren't going to want to see her anymore or be friends with her gonna take simon's side and like whatever but she calls up stacy and they meet for drinks and emily's just crying the whole time and stacy's like no like don't come to fair like you don't need to be there like whatever and so then the next kind of two weeks emily's kind of like moping around is sad whatever and but she also knows that simon is being over like worked and he's like overwhelmed and so she tells chris one day like you need to make sure simon has help like Whatever. And Chris is like, no, he loves fair. He loves doing this. And Emily's like, no, he needs help. He feels like he has to do this. And so then we get to the ending and it's like the last day of fair. Emily hasn't been back since. And April says, We should go. She's like, Why? She's April says, I haven't been all summer. I should go see my daughter in it. Emily thinks this is kind of sus, but she goes anyway. And the whole day she doesn't she's like doesn't want to see Simon, but she wants to see Simon and she can't find him anywhere. At the end, they go to the jousting field and the hand fasting is happening, but it's special. It's just Simon there, dressed as Simon, not as Captain Blackthorne. And he's kind of apologizes to her and says, like, I'm sorry, like you were right. I treated you like poorly there. I'm getting I'm stepping back from fair. I'm going to get help. Like, like other people are going to help me out, not like I'm getting therapy or anything like that. And um, So basically then they hand fast to each other and they apologize and they confess their love to each other and they get together. And then the epilogue is one year and one day later in which Emily's working at the bookstore, Simon shows up and tells Chris that he's there to proclaim himself or his like something in front of the lady, front of the queen. What does he say? I don't know. And, uh, um, basically then he proposes and he has, Oh, he has three, four intentions And his intentions are he's going to sell the house because his parents left them their house. This is a whole other thing that I'll get into later because it really irked me. And then, like, he wants to move in with her and buy a new house and then get married. So he proposes and she says yes. And that's the end of the book. So, honestly, guys, I think I did pretty decent. I think that was only a 14-minute plot summary. So... Pat myself on the back. Also, I think that romance novels are typically shorter and easier to summarize than a fantasy or something like that. So, here we go. What should we start with? You know what we're going to start with? Let's just start with well, Simon's parents leaving him in the house because I just mentioned that. That's also the first bullet on here. Even if that's not the bullet that makes the most sense to start with, that's what we're going to start with. So, as I was saying, so Simon moved, this is all information I didn't tell you earlier, but, so when Simon's brother got cancer, he moved back home to, like, be with his brother and his parents and whatever, and he ended up getting a, so Simon's also the English teacher at the high school, I didn't say that to you either, but he is, he is the teacher there, and he kind of fell into that job by substituting and then them offering him the job, and when his brother dies, his mom is apparently, like, pretty, like, depressed, which is understandable, And she can't bear to be in the house or the town or anything. So his dad ends up buying this RV and his parents just take off and give him the deed to the house and like peace out and maybe come back at Christmas and that's it. And they just leave him there. That's a little bit of an oversimplification, but that's basically what happens is that his brother dies, his parents leave them and he's alone and he's stuck with the Renaissance Fair. He's stuck with his job at the high school. He's stuck in his childhood home and he's stuck in his personality from high school this is something they talk about is like when you live in a small town and you don't leave then you become the person you were in high school and in high school he was in his older brother's shadow because his brother was the enigmatic one that people loved and was popular and could talk them into whatever and he was Simon you know the like rule follower straight laced dude right and that's like who he's become but when he's at fair he's like so like charming and fun and just like can do like do whatever he wants as a pirate which is like part of the thing that emily likes about him but she knows that he's actually both of these people and he doesn't have to be one or the other he can be who he really is which is something they work on together which was really nice and whatever but anyways his parents leave him alone in this house which emily says like that's messed up and i also feel like that's messed up and that's also why she wouldn't move in with him beforehand because it would be weird to move into your boyfriend's childhood house that his parents left him with all of their stuff. Still, th- you know, it'd just be weird. So I don't know. I just think like, I understand that the mom like can't be there, but it would have been better if they just sold the house and he got an apartment or anything because like, he's just left there with all these responsibilities. And I feel bad for Simon too, because only Emily sees that he is struggling with fair and with all of that stuff and that he's kind of been forced into this life that he didn't choose and nobody else understands that or sees that in him. Cause they just see him as this guy from high school that loves fair, which isn't technically true. He does love it, but like not as the responsibility they have forced it upon him. So I just kind of want to talk about that for a moment because I don't know, just like, it seems so horrible for parents. to just like your one child died and now you've abandoned your other one to like, all of this different stuff. And so mm, it was just, I felt bad for him there. Like, ugh. now let's talk about something more general, which is the enemies to lovers trope. I love this. However, I'm very particular about how it needs to be done. So for those of you who don't know, enemies to lovers is basically exactly what it sounds like. Two people who hate each other or dislike each other end up dating slash being together lovers. You, you got it? Typically, I prefer for there to be a friendship stage. So it's like enemies to friends to lovers, but also enemies to lovers works well too. Now, the reason I'm particular about this is that the reason that the two people are enemies has to be good. It can't be something stupid where I'm like, I can't believe you're enemies over that. And it can't be something crazy where it's like, you could never get over that. Let me give you some examples for on the one scale where it's something stupid, something stupid to be enemies about would be like, wow this man cut in front of me one time at the coffee shop and now I hate him forever. Like, yeah, people are petty, but like, that's not a good enough reason to be enemies. Or one time he borrowed my pencil and never gave it back. These are obviously very simplified sort of things that I've never seen happened or seen done before. But sometimes people make their characters enemies for absolutely no reason. Like it does not make sense. Like, they just want to do the enemies to lovers trope, and it makes no sense by their enemies. On the other hand, some people go, and they're like, these two people are enemies because the one character killed the other character's father or brother or mother or whoever, right? You're not going to get over that. I'm not going to date somebody who hypothetically kills my dad. Like, the only exception would be is if said loved one was actually evil, abusive, whatever, And it was, like, more of a saving sort of thing. But, like, in most cases, that's not what's going on. And so, like, I've also seen enemies to lovers where it's that. I'm just, like, I can't actually believe that you would get over the fact that they killed your loved one. Or that they, I don't know, like, whatever, right? Or they stole all your money or I don't know. So, that's why I'm a little particular about it. But I do like enemies to lovers. And I thought that the reason why they were enemies in this made sense. Because, so, basically what ends up happening is Emily doesn't like Simon because he's very he's kind of mean to her but like in a way where she's like you don't take fair seriously enough like blah 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 so she just thinks he doesn't like her because he's like kind of rude because he's like you don't take anything seriously enough blah 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 on the other hand Simon is kind of mean to her because and I don't condone Simon for this but he ends up accidentally taking his anger out on her because he is into her and thinks that she is into Mitch so then she he gets kind of upset because he's like I couldn't have like what I wanted which is like another story which is the story of my life blah 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 um so that's kind of why they're enemies and I don't think he ever really disliked her I think he disliked the situation but what helps is so yeah he was kind of rude to her absolutely no doubt about it I would have if I had written this story I would have lightened up on him being rude just a little bit and inserted some friendship moments a little bit earlier into the story before Fair actually starts like there's only a couple moments before they're like in character where they're kind of nice to each other I just wish there was a little bit more to make it more believable of like how quickly they fell in love and any everything like that but that's fine like anyways what I'm trying to say is that he wasn't so awful to her that I can't believe that she would like get over it or anything like that. So it, I did end up kind of I did end up liking the enemies to lovers trope in this book, and yeah, basically just what I said with that. Um, and then, kind of going off of that, was my next point is like, was there enough in this book to make me believe they fell in love that quickly? And I wrote that in all capitals, so I guess I should say it that quickly. Um, I really like this book. I don't know if I said that enough, but I really did like this book both times that I read it, which is why I read it again and why I got the next book in the series, which is about Stacy. And she thinks she's texting one guy for an entire year, but it turns out she's actually texting his cousin and has fallen in love with his cousin. So I'm excited to see how that plays out because that sounds super cool, super fun and interesting to me. Cool concept. Anyways, but I personally don't think that there was enough in this book for me to have love confessions happen during Simon's big apology because they dated for one week before they broke up. One week. And they were only kind of nice to each other for two to three weeks before that, maybe. Okay, guys. So it just, and then they were broken up for two weeks and then they get back together and confess their love. Now, do I think that Simon and Emily belong together? Yes, I do think that. However, I understand that in romance books, it's almost like you have to have like a love confession, basically. Like, I don't know if I really read one before that didn't have characters confessing their love at the end of it. But it's just hard for me to believe that they are actually in love with each other after one week of dating and hating each other for three months before that. You know? I don't know. That's just kind of a, can people fall in love that quickly? I think so. However, does that happen if you hate them for three weeks or three months beforehand? I'm not sure. However, they do say that there is a thin line between love and hate and that one can easily turn into the other, blah, blah, blah. So maybe you can kind of like put that in there, but I'm not sure if I truly believe that there should have been love confessions at the end of this book. I actually think that there probably shouldn't have been. However, like I said, I did like it. I really liked the characters in this book. And one of my favorite parts is that this is set at a renaissance fair. How cool is that? Like, how many books have you read set at a renaissance fair? Of course, we have to make an obligatory mention to the Kit Sweetly book that I read back in August or September, I don't remember, which took place at kind of like a medieval times sort of place which you know like it was an establishment where there was jousting and then you ate food with your hands or whatever. That book sucked though. That was on my worst books of 2020 list. If you uh listen to my end of the year wrap up, I'm sure it'll be there, but that book was not good. This book was very good and it was just so fun like a renaissance fair is just such a fun place to have a book set because you get to see them in their costumes and like it's so funny when they're like pretending to do their accents and whatever and just like it's just a renaissance fair is kind of magical i don't know if any of you have ever been to renaissance fair i have been to renaissance Fair twice in my life it was the same place and both times we went for school because it was the summer and me and my sister both took this ap class ap european history and you had to do different things like summer homework and one of the things was you had to go somewhere that had something to do with european history and so we went to the renaissance fair renaissance fairs are super fun however the people there are kind of weird like there was a lot of people that were just very scantily they were scantily clad at the renaissance fair but I got a flower crown and I love that flower crown so you know it's had a lot of use in these past however many years since I got it maybe six and so I think renaissance fairs are fun and it's a great place to set a book and it's just kind of I don't know I had a great time with it Another thing I really loved about this book is the secondary characters. So specifically, we've got Mitch. we've got Stacy, April, Chris, and Caitlin are kind of like the main secondary characters. And they like all of them, I felt like were developed really, really well. Like you understand who each of these people are and kind of they are relevant for more than just like moving the plot along, if that makes sense, because, you know, sometimes there's like a sister or a best friend or a coworker or like whoever who's only relevant based like because of like their relationship with whoever but like these people all have things going on in their lives and you also especially with April you see a lot of character development in her because by the end of the book she ends up like trying to become actually part of her community and like meeting with the other moms and stuff like that and April's book is actually the third book that will be coming out next year in the fall i think so in fall 2021 okay so i guess that's actually this year i'm recording in 2020 so i'm like all confused but you get the gist of it so i don't know the secondary characters were part of what made it so good another thing i want to talk about briefly because we're coming up on time is simon calling emily emma i just don't understand how that happened like in the heat of the moment he called her emma and that was why emily walked away because she's like, he doesn't see me as anything other than like part of fair, which I think was a fair assumption considering he couldn't remember her name correctly and was maybe in love with the character and not with her was kind of her like thought process. And I just don't understand how Simon messed up that badly. Like obviously this is a book and the author made this happen, but like still, how did this happen? Because if that had happened to me, I also would have broken up with the person. I mean, my name's actually Emma though. So like, you know, but If they had called me like Emily or some other name, I would also break up with them because, like, what the heck is that about? I just don't understand. Like, what he was thinking that made that happen? Like, I understand plot wise why, but just like, I don't, I don't get it, Simon. Like, what is up with that? I just, I do not know. The last thing I want to say, just kind of quickly, is about. I really liked that this book kind of showed that there can be paths outside of traditional college because. Emily's kind of figuring out like what to do with her life and I didn't talk about this but she thinks about maybe going back to school but then decides that's not what she wants to do she wants to help Chris run the bookstore and she creates different she creates like a group for high school students about like studying Shakespeare and she helps create book clubs and she helps like revitalize the store and bring new life to it and all of those things so it was really cool to see her First of all, her character growth was great. She was very, very insecure and just like thought her only worth was in helping other people at the beginning of the book. And by the end, you see her grow from beyond that to like being more confident in herself and who she is and the fact that people can like her for her and not for what she can do for them, which I thought was really great. Really loved that a lot. And just like also though that she realizes that, you know, maybe going back to college isn't for her. She can find this different path. And I thought that was great too because so many people go to college or don't go or drop out or anything and then it's like you find out that the path that you were on isn't what you want and it's okay to switch your mind and to find your new path and figure out what your new passion is. So that's where I'm going to leave it for here. I hope you had a great time listening to this episode and I definitely would recommend picking up WellMed. It was just, it's a fun read, it's a fast read, it's a cute one, Okay. So, make sure you go follow me on Instagram at Ireadabookonceblog. I post on there and it's a fun time. You can also check out my blog that I sometimes update, which is Ireadabookonceblog.com. And also send me an email about what you thought about this episode or other episodes. If you thought I left something out or wanted me to talk about something else or you have opinions on whatever, shoot me an email. I'd love to hear about it. My email is Ireadabookonceblog@gmail.com. at gmail.com you guys, this audio quality is different. It's because I'm now recording on my microphone. You'll get the full introduction and me talking about it on the next episode, which speaking of the next episode, next week, I'm going to be talking about Well Played by Jen DeLuca, which is the second book in this series. So you guys, you've already primed yourself. You've already prepped yourself. You just listened to me talk about Well Met, which was a fabulous book. I know that I sounded kind of like, oh, I'm being critical. But that's kind of my thing here is I'm critical even when I love a book. And I did really love Well Met. It was a grand old time. I think part of that was that this was my second time reading it. And so I'm going into it with kind of a different mindset, you know. But anyways, next week, I'm going to be talking about Well Played, which is Stacy's story. It's super fun so far. I've got just under a 100 pages left. So maybe like 60 70 so I guess that's not just under 100 so somewhere between 60 and 80 pages left it's been a time I cannot wait to tell you guys about it make sure you tune in next week to hear more and I'll catch you next time